your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 458 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Just wanted to thank you guys for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. That song you are hearing right now is, of course, Leave the Lights On from our good friends in Pacifier. You can check those guys out anywhere you get your music. And today, wanted to kind of just take inventory, get kind of caught up on everything happening around the Rangers. We actually have an episode here where there is not a game to discuss because the Rangers have been quite busy to start the season. Seven games in just 12 days, and they are, of course, sitting at four, two, and one. But wanted to talk a little bit about Ryan Strom being back in the lineup, what it could mean for the Rangers going forward, and uh, also just talk about the fact that he actually had COVID-19. So we'll discuss that. We'll also talk about Ryan Reed who is considered day-to-day after a lower body injury in the game last night. And I also want to kind of take a look back at my off-season wish list. Now, my intention during the off-season was at some point to kind of share this list with you guys. Some of them are, you know, pretty important to the Rangers. Some of them are maybe not as important, but they're just kind of quirky little things that I wanted to see out of the New York Rangers this season. There wasn't an episode in the off-season where I actually got to share this list because you guys know how it is covering this team. It tends to be just kind of one thing after the next. You know, we're talking about the preseason games. We're talking about this never-ending quest to find a captain, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. All the free agency moves, the draft, all that good stuff. So, Yeah, never got to uh, disclose everything on that list from the preseason, but we will do it just now seven games into the season, and we'll take a look at how the Rangers are doing on some of these things. Once again, my wish list coming into the season this season. But once again, let's go ahead and start with Ryan Strom. Strom revealed after the game last night that he indeed had COVID-19 and did experience some symptoms. He said after the game that he felt good on the ice and that his conditioning is fine. First and foremost, let's all just be very, very happy that Ryan Strom is healthy and back to doing what he loves and playing hockey for this New York Ranger team. Obviously, we know what COVID has done around the world, and it's not something that anybody would wish on anyone. And, you know, as far as how he played last night, I thought he did pretty well. It looked He looked fresh to me. I thought he had his legs underneath him a little bit, almost collected an assist uh, when he fed Jacob Truba. Truba had a couple of shots from point-blank range, and unfortunately Markstrom kept it out. But it was nice to see Strom and Panarin back out there, uh, you know, not a fantastic night for them or for really anyone on the Rangers, but, you know, Strom nearly set up Panarin for a goal early in the first period. He sprung him on a breakaway, and Markstrom made the save there as well. So, again, just nice to see them back out there together. Panarin's off to a little bit of a slow start this season, at least by his lofty standards, and you just hope that putting Strom and Panarin back together bodes well for both of them going forward. As far as Strom, it sounds like he had a raspy voice in the locker room after the game. Obviously, you know, he's talking to the reporters and all that stuff, but I'll take Strom's word for it. He said he was feeling good. And again, I I thought he played better than a lot of the players on the New York Rangers did in this game last night. You just kind of keep your fingers crossed. I mean, first and foremost, once again, let's all be happy that Ryan Strom is healthy and feeling good and he's able to return to hockey. That's first and foremost. But from the hockey perspective, you kind of hope that it's not another situation like we had with Mika Zibanejad last year because Mika in the offseason, got COVID, he comes back to the Ranger lineup, and it clearly affected him last season. Now, Mika didn't want to make any excuses, and he didn't disclose until after the season that, yes, indeed, having COVID definitely slowed him down a little bit in the early portions of last season. 
we can remember going back to last year, Mika and Kreider both got off to just really, really slow starts for the Rangers. The Rangers in general got off to really slow starts, and obviously not having two of your best players firing on all cylinders to start the season, that's not good for anyone. It wasn't good for the Rangers, especially when you have a top-heavy roster, as the Rangers did and seemingly still do. You need your stars to be out there and playing like stars every single night. With Mika, we now know that or at least it seems very, very likely that his very slow start to last season was due in large part, if not entirely, to his bout with COVID. So you hope it's not a similar situation with Ryan Strom. You hope that he can kind of hit the ground running and that, you know, it doesn't take weeks for him to get going again. Uh, One thing that was very encouraging from Ryan Strom last night, and we mentioned this in yesterday's episode as well, but Strom, who is not known as a great face-off guy, he's definitely under 50% for his career. I don't think he's ever had a season where he's won even 50% of his draws. He went 11-1 in the face-off circle last night. So obviously, you got to have your wits about you to go 11-1 in the face-off circle. You got to have your strength back. And it sounds like that was indeed the case with Ryan Strom. So obviously good to hear. And again, fingers crossed that Ryan Strom is the player that he's been over these past couple of seasons and there aren't any lingering effects from COVID. Uh, The other piece of news coming out of this game is that Ryan Reeves is now considered day-to-day with a lower body injury. He left the game after playing just a minute and two seconds, and he apparently insisted on staying on the bench to support his teammates because Lindgren and Reeves both suffered injuries within the first 10 minutes of the game last night. Lindgren missed the rest of the first period, came back in the second period, and seemed to play his normal amount of hockey down the stretch last night. Ryan Reeves also came back to the bench, and at that point, you're hopeful that he's going to jump back out there. He never did, though, Uh, but it sounds like, you know, Reeves knew he wasn't going back into the game, but he just wanted to be there to support his teammates, and honestly, why not? I mean, if you're not in need of, you know, medical attention right away— then you might as well watch from the bench as opposed to the locker room. But this is what Gerard Gallant had to say on the matter last night. He just wanted to sit on the bench and be part of the group. Most of the time, you stay in the locker room, but he just wanted to be on the bench supporting the guys. You don't have to do that, but Revo is a new teammate, and he wanted to be there to support them. He was disappointed he couldn't play. And it sounds like this is the same leg. You know, they, they just say lower body injury, but it sounds like it's the same leg that was injured uh, at the hands of P.K. Subban during the preseason. So fingers crossed there that obviously this is not a lingering issue and that Reeves can be back on the ice as soon as Friday night's home tilt with the Columbus Blue Jackets. Something else that I wanted to mention here, and I'm not making any excuses for the Rangers. We know that last night was not a good performance, but the Rangers have played seven games in 12 days to open the season. That would be a lot of games and not a lot of days, no matter what chunk of the season that it occurs in. But the fact that you're starting the season that way, that that's a grind, you know, seven games in 12 days. No other team in the NHL has played more than six games, so they lead the NHL in terms of games played. And again, not using this as an excuse, I'm just stating a fact. And listen, the Rangers, we know they weren't good last night, but you play 82 games, a couple of them are going to go the way that this game against Calgary went last night. And as I tweeted out, and as I said in yesterday's episode, Friday's home game against Columbus will be very, very telling. The Rangers have a well-deserved break between games here. They're off Tuesday. They're off Wednesday. They're off Thursday. They got to bring it on Friday night. And I am willing to throw Monday's game against the Flames into the it happens category, provided that they come out a lot better against the Blue Jackets and take advantage of these days off uh, on Friday night. And really, there's no excuse not to because the team is getting healthier. Strom is back. Kako could be back for Friday night as well. So you're basically just about back to full strength if Kako is back out there. You're at home against a team that a lot of people picked to finish dead last in the Metro Division. So it's got to be two points for the Rangers. And I'll take it a step further. It's got to be a convincing victory against the Blue Jackets. No eking out. Uh, you know, a two-to-one win where Igor Shesterkin has to make 52 saves. Go out there and beat a team that you're supposed to beat. 
and do it decisively and score some goals already. You know, not counting a pair of games where the Rangers got empty net goals at the end, the Rangers have been held to two goals or fewer in all but one of their seven games this season. And in those seven games, the Rangers have scored a grand total of 12 goals in regulation. That does not include the two empty net goals. So yeah, 12 goals in seven games. For a team this talented, even with the injuries that they've had, there's no excuse for that. The Rangers are way overdue for a breakout performance, and I'm going to say they get it against the Jackets on Friday. Sooner or later, the dam has to break. Uh, But like I said, we're going to continue today's episode talking a little bit about you know, my off-season New York Ranger wish list, just some of the things that I want to see the Rangers uh, improve upon this season as opposed to where they were in previous seasons. But first, I just wanted to let you guys know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Built Bar. Did you know that Built Bar has so many delicious flavors? There is something for everyone. When you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their favorites. If you don't know the Built Bar flavors, well, you're missing out. You got coconut, Cherry Barcia, Raspberry, Mint Brownie, Double Chocolate, Salted Caramel, Strawberry, Orange, Cookies and Cream, and German Chocolate. You know what my favorite flavor is? It is Mint Brownie because brownies are awesome and these are actually healthy. If you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mix box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. Not only are Built Bar flavors the best tasting, but they're healthy too. 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, only 4 to 5 grams of sugar, and only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. Amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy. Built Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. And just wanted to thank you guys again for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. All right, so like I was talking about just a couple of minutes ago, I wanted to kind of go through my off-season wish list for the New York Rangers in terms of things I want to see the team do in the off-season as far as personnel moves, and then also just some things that I want to see out of the players themselves to start the season. And I realize we're only seven games into the season. The story is yet to be written on the 2021-2022 New York Rangers, but be that as it may, I had a list of things that I was hoping to see from this franchise and from these these players this season. And if you've listened to this podcast, you could probably name a couple of them right off the top of your head. I also just want to mention that some of these to me are critical to a team's success. Others aren't really that important. They're just little things that I wanted to see that I was kind of hoping for from this Ranger team this season. But we'll just kind of go through the list here. We'll spend varying amount of times on each of the items on this list, depending on how important they are, how much there is to say about it. The first one that I wanted to see from the New York Rangers, and this isn't a ranking or anything like that. Like I said, it's just a list. Uh, But the big thing, one of the big things I want to see from the Rangers to start the season, no bad penalties early in the season, which I can't really say they've done that. I mean, I don't think it's as bad this season as it's been in previous seasons, but there's just too many times. I, I don't think the Rangers tend to get through an entire game without taking at least one bad penalty. The positive there is that the penalty kill has performed pretty well for the Rangers so far this season, but you know, take last night's game, for example. There was a holding on Chris Kreider that was just completely unnecessary, and I realize the Flames only got two power play opportunities, so that's really not too bad at all, only giving out two man advantages in one game, but you know, Kreider's down on the ice, and he grabs somebody's stick, and just doesn't let go and gives the referee, he pretty much just held onto the stick until the arm went up in the air and the penalty was called. So that wasn't good. Just one example, but I do think the Rangers still to date taking a few too many offensive zone penalties, taking a few too many penalties that just aren't necessary. Look, they're going to happen from time to time. You might have to take a penalty to prevent a scoring opportunity, but when you're taking offensive zone draws and you know, you're taking a penalty during a scrum in the neutral zone or whatever it might be, there's just no reason for that. 
and again, an area that the Rangers, I think, are going to have to clean up sooner rather than later. Hopefully, it's coming because, you know, in previous seasons, I, I feel like it's been a problem early in the season, and then they tend to get it together a little bit and stop taking so many bad penalties as the season progresses. I would have liked to have seen them continue that trend early this season. Can't really say that they've done it, though. A couple too many ill-advised penalties early in the season. Something else, and this is a big one, and it's one that I've talked about a lot on here as well, but I wanted to see the Rangers take better shifts after a goal has been scored. I can't really say that they've done that either. There have been too many instances where, you know, either they score or more commonly their opponent scores, and then they're back on their heels for the following shift or, you know, the following couple of minutes after a goal has been scored. We saw this happen last night. You know, the Rangers were down 2 to nothing in the third period, and they get a goal which was originally credited to Dryden Hunt. It has now been changed to Kevin Rooney, so I wanted to update you guys on that as well. Kevin Rooney gets his second of the season, but the Rangers are back in the game. They're only down by a goal despite being pretty vastly outplayed by the Calgary Flames, and you're thinking, here we go again. We're going to steal another one, and unfortunately, the Flames have just an excellent shift after the goal by Rooney was scored, and they end up getting a goal, Blake Coleman burying his own rebound, and just like that, you're back down by two goals, and the way the Rangers were playing, given the lack of offense that they were showing up to that point, you're right back down by two goals. I mean, of course, you can still come back from that, but about 10 minutes or so to go in the game, you're not really liking your chances, uh, you know, as a Ranger fan at that point, given how that game had gone so far, but yeah, I, I still think this is an area where the Rangers are going to absolutely need to improve going forward. They have to get better in the shift that immediately follows a goal and really just the next couple of minutes after a goal. You know, I mean, they don't get a pass if there's a goal score and the puck goes out of play five seconds later. That doesn't count. You know, you have to be better uh, for the next couple of minutes after the goal has been scored. It's not just literally the shift after a goal. So, Got to get better in that area. Uh, something else that I really wanted to see from the Rangers this season is I wanted to see Igor Shesterkin start stealing some games. And yeah, wow, has he ever done that? Because during that four-game road trip, Igor Shesterkin was basically the story of how the Rangers won all those games. And I realized, you know, he only played three out of the four. Alex Georgiev got the last one. But Igor Shesterkin... You know, in previous seasons, he's played very, very well since making his NHL debut, but I wanted to see him truly steal a couple of games where the Rangers are clearly not the better team on the ice, but Igor Shesterkin just makes up for it, stands on his head, makes a bunch of just ridiculous saves, and is basically, I don't want to say the only reason, but certainly the primary reason why the Rangers win some games. And again, you know, he's played very well since he's come into the NHL, but I want to see some true blue stolen wins by Igor Shesterkin, and we have obviously gotten that so far this season. The game against Toronto is the one that really comes to mind. The Maple Leafs basically skated circles around the Rangers the entire night. The Rangers win it in overtime on the strength of just a phenomenal performance by Igor Shesterkin. I would say he also stole the game against the Montreal Canadiens, and you could even make a case that he stole the game against the National Predators. That game was a little bit more evenly matched, but obviously, whether you consider it a steal or not, Igor, probably the biggest reason why the Rangers won that game against the Predators as well. So we got our wish there. Igor Shesterkin uh, definitely stealing some games in the early goings here, and it's a good thing because the Rangers, you know, given how good the Metro is, the Rangers would be at or near the bottom of that division right now if Igor Shesterkin had not been standing on his head uh, the way that he has. And we will continue this list in just a second, but first, I just wanted to let you guys know that today's episode of Lockdown New York Rangers is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. We are back and better than ever. A new web interface for the start of the basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, baseball postseason, NHL, 
boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. All right, just kind of moving right along here with the offseason wish list and checking up to see how the Rangers are doing on all these things. Uh, something else that I wrote down here is I wanted to see a former New York Ranger return to this team. Doesn't necessarily have to be a superstar or anything like that, just a former Ranger coming back to New York. And I technically got my wish because Greg McKaig was brought back by the Rangers this season. He wasn't exactly the person that I had in mind. In fact, I wrote down four names here, and I'll share the four names in just a second. But first, I just wanted to let you guys know that I'm kind of wearing my fan hat here rather than my analyst hat. I'm not thinking so much about in terms of, you know, how these guys are going to fit into Gerard Gallant's style of play, and I'm not concerning myself with them potentially blocking a spot on the roster from a guy in the minor leagues or anything like that. I'm, I'm strictly a fan for this one. You know, don't overthink this one. This one is really just for fun and one of those quirky things and, and something that was kind of on my wish list here. So the four players that I wrote down, as far as former Rangers that could return to the team, and again, do not take this one too seriously, Keith Yandel, Brian Boyle, Derek Stepan, and Derek Broussard. You know I had to include Derek Broussard there. And, you know, looking at the list now, Derek Broussard and Keith Yandel, both on the Philadelphia Flyers, both off to very, very good starts for their new team. And, you know, Broussard, I was ready to let it go this offseason because I keep campaigning to bring Derek Broussard back on a one-year contract. And, you know, he's got experience playing in New York. He went to the Stanley Cup Finals with this team. It's okay to have a veteran, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Longtime listeners know my thoughts on Derek Broussard and why I thought he could be a fit. I was finally ready to let it go. But it's funny, with the complete lack of offense that the Rangers have had so far this season, and with Broussard already racking up five points in five games with the Philadelphia Flyers, and with Stroman Kako being out of the lineup, Derek Broussard actually could have helped the New York Rangers over these past couple of games here. And, you know, the Rangers had Kevin Rooney centering the third line. And I like Rooney, but I think if you have a choice between Derek Broussard or Kevin Rooney on the third line, you'd probably go with Derek Broussard. So it is kind of interesting to me that, you know, even at the age, I believe he's 35 now, he really could have helped the Rangers over this stretch. And I realize the Rangers won the games anyway, but as far as from an offensive scoring production perspective, yeah, Derek Broussard definitely could have helped this Ranger team. And Yandel, Yandel's got five assists through his first five games with the Flyers as well. Uh, I also threw out Brian Boyle. He ended up signing with the Penguins. Why are they all going to Ranger division rivals? <laughs> That's my other question here. It seems like so many former Rangers now playing for rivals. And uh, Boyle's got two goals through uh, the first handful of games for the Penguins there. I believe the Penguins have played six games. And you know, just somebody who would be a good fourth-line player. Not that the Rangers necessarily need him. They've got guys that are cut out to play the fourth line, but I always like Brian Boyle, and obviously he's got a tremendous story going through the adversity that he's gone through and continuing his career now at the age of 36. And then you've also got Derek Stepan. Stepan's off to a slow start with the Carolina Hurricanes. But once again, you know, as a depth signing, I, I thought it would have been fine. And I just liked all these guys. Again, this is me wearing my fan hat more than my analytical hat. I liked all these players. Would have been cool to see any of them come back to the Rangers. Uh, again, I technically got my wish here because they brought back Greg McKaig, but uh, from the big four that I wrote down here, of course, none of them come back to the New York Rangers. Uh, something else that I wrote down in my offseason wish list, we haven't gotten this either. I wanted to move Philip Hedl over to the wing. I just feel like his game... With the crazy speed that he's got, it's better suited to play on the wing. And given his enormous struggles in the faceoff circle, I mean, he's not really doing that bad this season. He's at 47% success rate on the dot, and obviously it's a pretty small sample size. But I just want to see Hedl get a shot at the wing. I think it's his natural position. I think he's better suited there. I think Barclay Goodrow could do just fine at center. And Philip Hedl, as a center, has one goal in seven games, 
despite getting a chance to center the Artemi Panarin line. And even the one goal that Philip Hedl scored, I thought was pretty soft. You know, it was a backhand that just kind of got past Soros. I mean, you'll take it. I mean, they all count, right? So Hedl got that goal. But I'd like to see Hedl get a chance on the wing. And given the Rangers' enormous struggles to create any kind of offense, I think any kind of a shakeup is somewhat welcome at this time. So I'd still like to see Philip Hedl play at least a little bit on the wing. Uh, something else that I had on the wish list was to keep Alexi Lafreniere, Capo Caco, Vitaly Kravtsov, and Philip Hedl off of the fourth line. And the Rangers have, I mean, well, Kravtsov has kept himself off of any line. So that's first and foremost. But as far as the guys that are still here, the guys that actually want to play hockey, the guys that actually want to be part of this New York Ranger team, Lafreniere, Caco, Hedl, the Rangers have done that. I don't think any of these three guys have played even a single shift on the fourth line this season. And despite none of them really hitting the ground running this season, I think that's the way to keep it. You got to keep these guys in top nine roles at the very least. Uh, obviously, Cabo Caco should be coming back soon, and uh, hopefully he can get the Rangers going a little bit. Something else that I wrote down was I want to see Jacob Truba and Keandre Miller shoot the puck a little bit more. Uh, Truba's been doing it. He's got 16 shots on goal in seven games, but just six shots on goal in seven games for Keandre Miller. They both just have these booming slap shots, and they don't use it as much as I think that they could. I know Truba, he's, he doesn't always have the most accurate shot, but every now and then, once again, especially with the Rangers struggling to score goals, I'd like to see these guys just tee one up from the blue line, just let it fly, and maybe you beat the goalie clean, maybe you get a deflection, uh, we'll see. But I'd like to see the two of them shoot the puck a little bit more often. Here's something else. This one's a little bit ambitious. I think it's doable, but the Rangers are clearly not there so far this season. I want to see the Rangers finish this season with a top 10 power play and a top 10 penalty kill. A staple of good teams is good special teams units. And the Rangers have been anything but good on the power play. They rank 29th out of 32 teams in the league with a success rate of just 11.5%. That's bound to go up sooner or later. I mean, I don't think that, well, I know they're not going to stay at just 11.5% for the entire season, but I think you'll also see them climb the rankings in due time. But with all the skill they have, it's really inexcusable that they've been as anemic on the power play as they've been. I realize, again, injuries to Kako and Strom out of the lineup with the COVID situation, but that top power play unit minus Strom is pretty much intact. And for a team that has as many talented players as the Rangers do, and a top power play unit that still has Mika Zibanejad, Chris Kreider, Artemi Panarin, and Adam Fox, they need to be scoring more power play goals than they're scoring. And on top of the, you know, underwhelming percentage, success rate percentage, they just don't look good on the power play. So they got to step it up in that area. And as far as the penalty kill, I mean, they've done all right on the PK. I think that, you know, that's kind of picked them up when they've taken some bad penalties at times this season. But the Rangers currently, even on the penalty kill, ranked just 21st in the league with a success rate of 78.3%. And I think you'll see them climb in that area as well because last season they had a very good penalty kill. And I think most of the guys that contributed to that are back this season. Plus, they've added a couple of other guys who have done pretty well on the penalty kill, like Patrick Nemeth and like Barclay Goodrow. So I do think that will end up being a strength of this this Ranger team. But obviously, the power play and penalty kill, the power play just off to, let's just call it like it is, a miserable start. The penalty kill off to maybe a little bit of an underwhelming start. Although their success rate is certainly weighed down by the opening night loss to the Capitals, where the Capitals went three for six. It takes a little while to uh, kind of right the ship when you give up three power play goals in one game. And of course, we're only seven games into the season. Something else that I wanted to see from the Rangers this season, and this one's pretty self-explanatory, is just a better start. And we've gotten that because the Rangers, despite a rough loss against Calgary last night, 
4-2-1 to begin the season. Last year, they started 1-4-1, and, and you're really digging a hole there, especially in a season that was only slated to go 56 games. So they've obviously been better this season than last season, and even the season before that as well, because in 2019-2020, the Rangers won their first two games, but they then went 0-4-1 in the five games that followed. So obviously off to a better start this season, despite some guys being out of the lineup, despite some issues with this team so far, they have found a way, mostly because of Igor, Igor Shesterkin, to get the job done, and they are in a better position this season than they have been in previous seasons. So we got our wish there. Like I said, that one's pretty self-explanatory. They've won quite a few more games early in the season than they did in either of the two preceding campaigns. Uh, the other thing, and this one is yet to play itself out, but I want to see the Rangers have a better record in overtime games and shootout games because I feel like this environment should play right into the New York Rangers' hands. And it's not to say that there aren't teams out there that don't have talented players the way that the Rangers do, but when you've got, once again, Artemi Panarin and Mika Zibanejad and Chris Kreider and Adam Fox and young up-and-coming superstars or guys that we at least will hope will become superstars in Capo Caco and in Alexi Lafreniere, then you figure that three-on-three -three overtime with just the rink wide open, that should play right into the hands of the New York Rangers. They should be able to put the puck in the net, and win overtime games with the extra real estate out there. And on top of that, you've got a really good goalie in Igor Shesterkin, who, if you give up a prime scoring chance, he should be able to make the save. So that environment, to me, is right down the Rangers' alley. They should be able to be really one of the better teams in the league in overtime. And if the game gets to a shootout, I like their chances there for all the reasons that we just mentioned. They've got tremendously skilled players in Panarin and Sabanajad. Both of them are tremendously proficient in the shootout. I don't know who the third shooter would be. Maybe Kako. Maybe you could even go with Adam Fox if you want to throw a little bit of a curveball. I don't know. I don't know who the third shooter is going to be. But once again, you got Panarin and Mika shooting in the shootout, and you've got Igor Shesterkin between the pipes more often than not. I mean, Georgiev could be there for some of them, but both of those environments, overtime in the shootout, that should play into the Rangers' hands, and it really hasn't in recent seasons because last year, the Rangers were 2-4 and four in overtime, and they were 1-2 and two in the shootout. The year before that, a little bit better. They were 5-3 and three in overtime and 1-2 and two in shootouts, so... If you combine every overtime and shootout that the Rangers have played in over the past two seasons, the Rangers are 9-11, and 11, which isn't terrible, but I would expect them to be better than that. And I think that they hopefully will be better than that in those environments this season. This year, obviously, once again, this is yet to play itself out. The Rangers are 1-1 one one in overtime. They lost to the Stars. They beat the Maple Leafs. So hopefully, like I said, that's an area where the Rangers can improve as well. That's pretty much it for today, guys. The only other thing that I wanted to do was to take a look at the Rangers' upcoming schedule. We'll kind of just uh, talk about the last couple games in October here. There's only two games left in October, and then we'll go through the month of November really quick. So you're home against the Blue Jackets on Friday. Then you're at the Kraken on Halloween. So those are your last two October games. Then you go at the Canucks, at the Oilers, at the Flames, home against the Panthers. Uh, those last three that I mentioned there, Oilers, Flames, Panthers, that's a really tough three-game stretch. All those teams playing very, very well to start the season, so that will be difficult. Overall, though, I think this is a fairly, I don't want to say easy, but you know, a favorable schedule for the New York Rangers. I think that's a good word for it. After that three-game stretch that I just talked about, you go at the Jackets, home against the Devils, home against the Canadians, at the Leafs, at the Senators, home against the Sabres, at the Islanders, at the Bruins, and 
home against the Islanders. That closes out the month of November. And once again, at the end there, tough three-game stretch at the Islanders, at the Bruins, and home against the Islanders. But for the most part, once again, I do think that this is a favorable schedule for the Rangers, and they're going to need to play well because this Metro division is absolutely ridiculous right now. Every single team in the Metro division has more wins than regulation losses, all eight of them, which does not even seem possible. But, I mean, you look at the Penguins, for example. They have yet to lose a game in regulation. They are 3-0-2, and yet somehow that's only good for fourth place in the Metro division. Part of that is the whole games in hand thing. The Penguins have only played five games. The Rangers are ahead of the Penguins, and they've played seven games. The Capitals also ahead of the Penguins, and they've played six games. But you get the idea. This division is absolutely loaded, and uh, the Rangers going to need to take advantage of what I do consider to be something of a favorable schedule uh, for the rest of October here, and then also through the month of November. But that's going to pretty much do it for today, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time. Thanks for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. In our next episode, we're going to be doing a crossover with Jay Forrester of Locked On Columbus Blue Jackets in anticipation of the game Friday night between the Rangers and the Blue Jackets. Now make your second listen, Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Host Scott Cullen leans on his decades of fantasy hockey insight and experience every day to help you be the expert of your fantasy league. It is free and available on all platforms.